Podcast Answer Man, episode number 233. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. everybody and welcome back to another episode of the podcast answer man my name is cliff ravenscraft and this is the podcast about podcasting helping you take your show to the next level it doesn't matter if you are a brand new podcaster if you have been podcasting for many years or you haven't quite yet released that first episode there's something we can all do to take our show to the next level Well, my friends, welcome back to another episode, a full-blown episode here of Podcast Answer Man, and I have a lot of things to share in today's episode. I'm just going to give you a brief rundown since I have all my show notes already prepared before hitting the record button. Uh, This is going to be kind of interesting, so I just basically am going to stop recording, uh, drag and drop this thing over, tag the file, upload it to the internet, and hit publish. That's 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 quite a change for me. Although, hopefully, what we're going to find is that I have a tighter ship here. Uh, I'm gonna, I've am gonna, i got the topics in, in front of me. I know exactly what I'm going to say in the order that I'm going to say them. So, uh, we'll see how it turns out. Anyway, quick rundown. First off, I'm going to tell you about my PodCamp Cincinnati reactions. We had our first ever PodCamp in Cincinnati, Ohio. And I'm going to share what I thought about it, um, giving... It's uh, some reflection compared to all the other podcasts that I've been to. Looking forward to that. And then, of course, uh, we're going to take in a call from Katie Davis, who is asking about missing artwork previews on her Mac. We're going to real briefly touch on that subject. We got Emily, who called in, who's really confused about hosting uh, podcasts and what Libsyn is and, and all this other jazz. So we're going to talk briefly about that and give her some resources there to Go check out. We've got some feedback from Tommy regarding the MDX 4600 compressor limiter gate tutorial that I have on my site. And I'm going to talk about uh, that for just a moment. I'm going to talk about my thoughts and feelings about the fact that I'm actually going to go and meet Leo Laporte. Uh, A little bit on that as well. And then, of course, I will share with you that I am testing out a plugin for sharing on social networks called ShareBar. It's been around for a while going to give you my initial thoughts and uh, and what I like about it, what I don't like about it. I am going to tell you about how you can save 20% off of Blog World if you haven't signed up already. I'm also going to tell you all about my session at Blog World LA. And uh, I will remind you that you can meet up with us uh, if you want to in the community over in LA. We're going to have a, a meetup. So all of that and who knows what else we might throw in here um, I'm just feeling great today, which is actually good. I, you know, I just now realized I am feeling pretty good. Uh, last Friday, I was at the PodCamp pre-party uh, for uh, PodCamp Cincinnati, and they had some cigarette smoke in there, and and uh, I'm allergic to cigarette smoke, and um, I, I, I came away with a pretty, pretty bad sinus infection over the weekend as a result of it. 
and it kind of knocked me out. But I went to the doctor on Monday and got one of those steroid shots. I guess they called it a depot shot or something like that. Anyway, it, it, it's been helping me slowly but surely get back into the swing of things. And um, that's why I'm recording this episode on Friday. Of course, I I am going to get this thing out on the deadline of getting my show out on Friday. That's my goal every week it, is before the, I end the business day every week. I want to I want a podcast answer man episode released on a Friday. That's that's my goal anyway. So yeah, PodCamp Cincinnati. Now, I for those of you who are relatively new to Podcast Answer Man, PodCamps are these events. They're kind of like these unconferences. It was started by Chris Brogan and Christopher S. Penn uh, in Boston several years ago, maybe about six, you know, five or six years ago now. And I attended PodCamp Boston too. Was my first PodCamp that I ever exp- experienced. And, and I would say up until recently, that had always been the single best PodCamp experience that I'd ever had. Although, I want to tell you, I've, I've, I've attended a lot of PodCamps since then. And I will say that PodCamp Cincinnati was probably the best actual PodCamp event itself uh, that I've ever been to. Now... I do want to say this, that um, that the the pre-party uh, was not as as fantastic as as maybe some of the other PodCamp pre-parties that I've been to, especially the PodCamp pre-party to PodCamp Boston 2. That was pretty amazing. Um, but again, that's just it, it. There were two things for that one. I, I would say, number one, it was it was in a it was in a bar where there's a lot of cigarette smoke, uh, which for me personally, um, obviously made me very ill. I did not sleep at all Friday night, but I, you know, that's not the organizer's fault. I mean, that whatever. Uh, and, and, and by the way, I just want to say Daniel Lewis, um, did an amazing job of putting together PodCamp Cincinnati, but it's just that the location there, there were two things. The cigarette smoke was not great. And the fact that, um, the seating, uh, it, it was in a place where people were encouraged to sit. It's not one of those places where you could stand up and go and mingle with other people. It was, you know, if you kind of stood up and, and you went and mingled, you're mingling with people who are sitting down and lounging. And, and, and it wasn't as conducive to kind of uh, networking, getting to know other people and stuff like that. So it, the, the pre-party wasn't amazing, uh, but it, it, I mean, it did. It, it, it was okay. Um, but if we if we look at the event itself, I want to say PodCamp Cincinnati, the event, the location, by far the best, most conducive to what PodCamp is all about. Um, th- this was the best. And it was held at Northern Kentucky University and it was the College of Informatics, I believe is the is the the college that's behind the building that they had and they have this i guess the the building is called the college of informatics or it's called um oh no it was called um something hall was it um griffin hall that's what it's called i think griffin hall anyway it was it's it's a building that is totally decked out to the hilt with technology uh, they have this auditorium there that had this massive big gigantic wall of high definition screens that just would blow your mind if you saw it. And the one of the most fun things is at the end of the day or near the end of the day, uh, they had 
uh, tweet chat. We had loaded up tweet chat on the wall and and we were watching people use the hashtag PodSensi. And it was just amazing to see this this gigantic wall filled with these tweets. And and it it, it, it was it is almost like high school, you know, elementary school, middle school humor kind of thing. But it was uh, it was fun nonetheless. But let me but that's not just it. Um, the other thing about this is that <clears throat> excuse me, the the actual classrooms were all perfect for what they had going on. I will say that um, I, I really enjoyed the number of sessions that happened concurrently. Um, now, I, I did go to Financial Blogger Conference in Chicago, and I lo- I did love the fact that there were never more than two sessions concurrently at the same time. That I really was impressed with. The Financial Blogger Conference, I, I love the idea that you only, throughout the entire weekend, you only had one of two options for any given time slot. Now, with this one, with PodCamp Cincinnati, like most other PodCamps, that's usually not feasible. Although I, I do know that uh, this happened at another, I think it was a PodCamp Nashville 2, I believe. Um, I Or maybe it was PodCamp Nashville 1 that they, they did that. But anyway, um, there were multiple sessions going on, as many as four or five, I think, uh, at, at one time at PodCamp Cincinnati. But every single classroom was absolutely amazing for having the these talks, for doing these sessions. First and foremost, every one of them had very nice projector equipment. I mean, now we've done Ohio State up for PodCamp Ohio before, and that was that was nice. Um, and it, it was pretty decent. But the classrooms at this at the building up in PodCamp Ohio were older style classrooms, whereas these these rooms were, it's, it's hard to call them a classroom. They really were, um, I, I don't know what I would call them. I, I don't, but it, it's like every, it's almost as though every room was a mini auditorium. I, I, I would call it that. And, and they were very comfortable. They almost had like stadium style, you know, seating where it, it, the, the seating kind of goes up a little bit, but it, and, and, um, the the acoustics of the room were perfect, such that when the door is closed, um, they had the microphones. They had these little microphones that you could put around your neck, and 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 it would amplify your voice to the whole room and stuff like that. But nobody needed the microphones. You could even be one of those very soft spoken people, and you didn't need it because this room, the acoustics were in such that. I mean, once everybody had gotten in and the session had started and everybody stopped talking, you could just hear. It was it was beautiful. I mean, just how I don't know. And and not only that, but I know it was a brand new building, and we are probably the first one of the first groups to ever use this building. But it was also very clean and organized, and 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 just the aesthetics of this place were very nice. Um, so I love the big overall auditorium. This big, huge, massive uh, wall of technology. Uh, with this big HD screen that they had, well, actually, literally hundreds, almost hundreds of screens uh, that made up this one big wall uh, of a screen. The individual, I'm going to call them midi, super mini auditoriums for each of the sessions was amazing. But then in the main gathering area, the the main lobby, they had these stairs that goes that go up to this next level. 
And and off to the right of the stairs, they had these bigger, steeper stairs. And I think they were made out of wood. And 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 they just allowed for people just to just to sit anywhere they wanted to in this big open space. And and it was very conducive for people to network. And one of the favorite things that I had happen was I actually had one of my consulting clients, Dr. Rich Burning, who came from Connecticut. He was actually um, relatively close to the Cincinnati area visiting uh, his family. But he made a point to to come out to PodCamp Cincinnati to, to meet up with me and, and to get to meet me face to face, which was great. And I, I totally enjoyed that. And what was amazing is is um, he did he did come and we got to uh, sit and have lunch for a little bit and talked for maybe 20 minutes or so. And it wasn't just he and I talking. We were talking to somebody else that that we that we had both met right there at during the lunch break. But then all of a sudden, you know, there's just like one step down or two steps down. Um, somebody says, hey, uh, Cliff, um, so, in, you know, uh, Mike Sevilla, you know, Dr. Anonymous told me to say hello. And I recognize that the guy who was telling me this was another doctor who had attended my session and came up and introduced himself after my session. And I'm like, wait a second. I know that I know that Dr. Burning, one of the th- desires he wants to do is create this, you know, privatepractice.md website. And he and and Dr. Sevilla and and um, this doctor that I, I met there at, at PodCamp uh, were exactly the kind of people that my client should be interacting with. And I'm like, you know what? I said, Rich, I'm gonna. In- I want to introduce you to this guy. Th- these are the people, and he was actually there with other doctors, and 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 basically, I just connected them to each other, and I I don't think I saw Rich the rest of the day, and and afterwards he said, Dude, Cliff, thank you so much for introducing me to these guys, and wow, I'm 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 even more energized and pumped up about you know what what I had originally envisioned, and. And this is what PodCamp is all about. And this was so conducive. Now, I I hesitate to compare it to other PodCamps and 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 exp- bad experiences of locations. And, and I'm going to try not to specifically, although the people who have been at both will know exactly what I'm talking about. But I've been to other places where PodCamps are held in, let's just say, a bar, if you will. And... The 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 rooms are made for I don't know country line dancing or um, there's an upstairs place where honestly it's not made for anything other than just really loud noisy echoey you know um, stuff and and though the environment is totally different it's it's extremely loud and it's almost like trying to have you know a, a networking event in the middle of a nightclub. Um, and, and it's almost like having PodCamp in the middle of a, well, a nightclub. And that's exactly where it, I've seen some of these. And, and, you know, I go there and, and those, those, I've, I've had some wonderful experiences in those PodCamp environments. I really have that they have been great PodCamps and some amazing things have come out of them. But I saw the, the, the environment of Griffin Hall at NKU and PodCamp Cincinnati, it just, it was like, it was, it was great, you know? And in fact, I liked the environment of PodCamp Cincinnati uh, in, at Griffin Hall in NKU. I actually liked the, the location and the environment 
a great deal more than PodCamp Boston 2. You know, and, and, and why is that? The reason for that is that PodCamp Boston 2 was held in a major um, conference center in the middle of Boston. And and it was a major conference center, but we had just this, we just took up this one little tiny wing and the conference rooms were huge. I mean, the conference rooms were, you know, were massive and they were, you know, it, the environment was different. And, and you know what? It's, I know it's all about the people, but sometimes I believe that environments can, can, can help facilitate people being at ease with one another. I don't I don't know if everybody's like that, but I, it's certainly true for me. If if I'm in a quiet and peaceful and serene atmosphere, I network with people in a completely different way than if I'm in a loud, echoey, noisy place where hundreds of people are talking. It, it it's different. And if I'm and if I'm in a very serene atmosphere like you know just you know, casually lounging back on these big oversized wooden steps that were off to the side of the main stairway going upstairs in this main hall, you know, where people were just like, it was like, it was almost as though like you're at a Jimmy Buffett concert in the lawn section and and you just talk to anybody that's there. And it was just very laid back, only it was quiet and it wasn't overdone and it, it was just conducive for really good networking and I saw a lot of amazing networking happening happening there and and so um you know lunch went extremely well that was that was held there at PodCamp Cincinnati um uh the organization of it all it, it I just really felt um you know the I personally did not get directly involved in the planning and the organization of PodCamp Cincinnati this year I just was so busy with a bunch of other things, but man, Daniel Lewis and the entire organizational team over there, if any, if there were any hiccups at all, they weren't noticeable to somebody like myself or any of the other people that I've talked to. It went extremely well. Folks, I have a, I have a strong feeling that they'll probably do PodCamp Cincinnati again next year and that it's very likely that it will be at Griffin Hall again next year. If that is the case, if they do PodCamp Cincinnati in 2012, and if they do it again in Griffin Hall at NKU, let me tell you, PodCamp Cincinnati is a place you want to be. I am not kidding you. Hands down, it's one of the ones where I would suggest traveling for. Um, it, it, it really is. And, and there are some amazing people here in the Cincinnati area, in the Columbus and Dayton area, and even in the Nashville area that came to PodCamp Cincinnati that also did a phenomenal job of um, bringing some high value um, sessions to this PodCamp. And in fact, uh, yeah, I, I, I sat in and on quite a few sessions this time and and actually pulled away some valuable insights and got some insights into some plugins I may want to try. But I just wanted to give my reaction to PodCamp Cincinnati as it compares to other ones. I would say, um, the, and, and by the way, the PodCamp post party was extremely well uh, done as well. I, I had a really good time at the post party. Um, and uh, I would say the entire PodCamp day was the best PodCamp experience I've had. And, and you know, that... And and I almost want to say that it it it's almost equal overall to PodCamp Boston 2, which was my first 
and which has still to this day brought about the most amazing connections and networking uh, benefits to me and my business and to me personally. Um, you know, PodCamp Boston 2 is hard to top and and I think PodCamp Cincinnati just topped it. And that, my friends, is saying a lot. It really is. And, uh, you know, and, 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 and I want to say, I, I've, I've never been to a PodCamp that I just didn't like. Uh, so I've, I've, I've really thoroughly enjoyed all the PodCamps out there but, and, and came away with a lot of value out of all of them. But, man, PodCamp Cincinnati, um, I'll I tell you what, a venue makes a big difference. And and I did and by the way, I never thought I would actually ever come away thinking a podcamp that is a single day event podcamp would ever come close to to uh, comparing to a, a good two day event like a podcamp Boston two or a, an NYC podcamp you know podcamp NYC two uh, those those were some awesome events but podcamp Cincinnati was awesome it it was it was all of that. All right, so we're going to move on. Uh, I've got, I can't believe I just spent twenty minutes talking all about that stuff, but um, it really was. Uh, and if if you've never been to a podcamp, just go to podcampcincinnati.com. Uh, go to podcamp.org. I'm pretty sure that's that's a website. Podcamp.org. Let's just t- check that out for you. Yeah, that'll tell you all about it and uh, and give you more information than you've ever wanted to know. All right, moving on. Uh, we're going to take a call here from Katie who called in about missing ID3 artwork previews. Hi, Cliff. It's Katie Davis from Brain Burps About Books. First, I want to thank you for having me on the show recently. I've been getting the loveliest feedback from your fans. So thank you to them and thank you to you for having me on and exposing me to all those great people that you have in your community. So I have a question. I was watching your Learn How to Podcast podcasting video tutorial series, which is fantastic. And even if you've been podcasting for you know a bazillion years, I think you should watch it uh, because I'm learning so much and I've been doing this over a year. And there is something that you did in video too that is not the same as when I do it, which is tagging my episodes. I use ID3 Editor as I learned from you, and I do everything you did in that video. I put in my title of uh, Brain Burps About Books. My The artist is Katie Davis. My album, however, is not the URL, and I'm wondering about that, Why? You, it, what advantage there is to putting in a URL. Should I do brainburpsaboutbooks.com? But the question actually is, that when you had it on your desktop, it showed that as soon as you saved it, it immediately showed your podcast logo. And mine used to do that. It used to do it up to about, uh, I don't know, 10 weeks ago. After they updated iTunes, my logo no longer showed up as the icon. It remained as the default ugly little uh, musical note black and gray icon. So I'm wondering, are you doing something different? Am I doing something wrong? The ID3 people, uh, they said after iTunes updated, that's what happened, but you didn't seem to have that problem. And I know that you made this tutorial recently. So if you could please answer that, I'd really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And thanks again for having me on your show. It's Katie Davis from Brain Burps About Books. Thanks. All right, Katie, thank you for the call. And real quickly here about the album name, I like to put in my URL. For example, for this show, if you look at the album 
tag um, if if it didn't get changed by iTunes, which it more than likely has if you downloaded it via iTunes. But if you download it in another way, um, it's going to say podcastanswerman.com. And no, it doesn't matter what you put in there. I like to put it there because I like a little branding for my URL just to con- continue to reinforce that in people's minds. And so if that ever shows up as it's being displayed on a screen somewhere, some way, somehow... Uh, When they see the title, they see the title. When they see the artist, that's me. And when they see album, why give them anything arbitrary instead of just saying the name of the podcast? Why not go ahead and reinforce that URL, your website address, so that it's it's consistently being reinforced in their mind, that that's a valuable place to go on the web to get more great content from you. That's my thinking about putting my URL as the uh, album tag. Now, as far as uh, your very um, uh, being very uh, observant of the timing of my tutorial compared to the issues that you have mentioned with the artwork previews not showing up on MP3 files on a Mac. Uh, you are very correct. Um, and how did I do this? I'm actually having the same problem that you are. And I, matter of fact, I am sure that I started having the problem the same time that you started having the problem at the same time everybody else who podcasts and does tagging on their MP3 files and has them out on their desktop every now and then. And you notice that the artwork's not showing up, but you still have that ugly default black and gray um, musical note, like you're saying. Um, so, so of course, uh, the folks over ID three tag software are correct. It was a change in iTunes. They updated iTunes. This happened once in the past. And then all of a sudden they came out with a new update, a new version of iTunes, which quote unquote, which immediately fixed the problem. And then all of a sudden they, they came out with another version of iTunes when our stuff broke again and, uh, it broke it again. So, and they've not since they have not fixed it since. Um, now how was I able to get that to work in my ID three, my video number two at learnhowtopodcast.com? The reason I was able to do that is because I took the actual original tutorial, uh, that was recorded back when it did work. And, uh, I put, I put that in there. And in fact, I even did a little magic on that video in post-production. And if you go to podcastanswerman.com slash tagging, T-A-G-G-I-N-G, if you go back there, that's the original video tutorial. And it had my old artwork logo with my mustache, you know, my comic avatar of me with my fatter face and my and my mustache. Um, I actually uh, did a, a little post-production hocus pocus and uh, overdid that with um, in, in ScreenFlow, putting the new artwork on top of it. And it wasn't easy to do, but... It was important enough for me to do. And I figured that one of these days, iTunes is going to update and fix that. And then my video will be correctly showing what it looks like on yours. But the the fact that your iTunes artwork or your uh, ID3 artwork for your MP3 file is not showing up in your preview on the icon on your desktop, that does not mean that it's not tagged properly. Uh, chances are if you just drag that into iTunes and click on that episode and, and look at your artwork preview in iTunes, you'll see that the artwork is in fact there. So um, yeah, Katie, that's how I did it. It's just a little post-production magic. We're all having the same issues with with no artwork on our MP3 files in the Mac. All right, moving along, we got a call from Emily and Emily is very confused by 
a bunch of different things that she's heard me talk about in the podcast here. So let's take a call from Emily now. Hi, Cliff. This is Emily in Plano, Texas, and I have a question for the podcast Answer Man. I had heard recently that you had moved from your shared hosting to VIP hosting because you were getting so many downloads that your website was crashing. But then I also saw a recent podcast Answer Man episode where you talk about LibSync and how if you host your MP3 file there, then you won't have that issue. So I was just wondering why you're doing LipSync and the VIP, and I'm, I'm apparently missing something. And so I am just wondering what your reasoning is. Um, is that something everybody eventually will need to do once they get a big audience, or does it depend on other factors? Thank you, and I look forward to hearing the answer. All right, Emily, thank you for the call. And by the way, everyone, just so you know, Emily called back a couple days later and said that uh, by perusing through a little bit more information on my site, she had figured out all the reasons uh, for these things and got everything correctly resolved. So what she's referring to, first and foremost, if you go to podcastanswerman.com slash hosting, uh, podcastanswerman.com slash hosting, uh, you will see that, yes, I, I have moved away from shared hosting personally because I have a lot of business-related stuff and I need my site to be up and running at all times and uh, everything. So so that's that's my hosting for my website. And the other service that she's referring to is Libsyn, stands for Liberated Syndication. So it's Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. And yes, that is separate from my web hosting. Now, I'm not going to go into detail here because I've done this a lot in previous episodes of Podcast Answer Man, but also because now I have this amazing resource that I can easily point people to. And and so for folks who have these same kind of questions that Emily has, I encourage you to go to learnhowtopodcast.com. Learnhowtopodcast.com. And the most important thing to do, if, if especially when it comes to just this topic, watch all of video number one, which is part one. It says an overview of podcasting. And then make sure that you watch all of part four, video number four, website and media hosting. You watch those two videos and it will clear this up. I mean, it will be crystal clear. So if you are if you happen to have any confusion over hosting of your MP3 files and why would I pay for a monthly service to host my MP3 files when I'm already posting, paying a monthly fee for hosting my website and they certainly have extra space on there for me to upload my MP3 files, learnhowtopodcast.com. Check out video part one, video part four. It will clear it up for you. All right, moving up, we got some feedback from Tommy who uh, who got the uh, MDX4600 tutorial, and this is what he had to say. Hey, Cliff, this is Tommy Kendrick in Austin, Texas. Cliff, I am an actor, not a podcaster, though if I keep um, prowling around your site long enough, you're going to make a podcaster out of me, Woo-hoo. maybe. But what I wanted to tell you about was the fact that I purchased one of your products, um, even though I'm not a podcaster, I purchased your tutorial for the Behringer MDX4600. 
I have to laugh because when I purchased the tutorial, I did not own a Behringer MDX 4600. I owned a DBX model that was frustrating the devil out of me because I could not get it dialed in. And in particular, to eliminate some of the audio hiss that you demonstrate in your uh, tutorial and demonstrate how to get rid of it. So I did what any um, thinking man would do. I went and purchased another piece of equipment. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Fortunately, the uh, Behringer MDX 4600 is not expensive, but I'm here to tell you it does work. I came home, plugged that baby in, set the dials the way you did on the tutorial, and the difference was night and day. And that's after literally months of frustration working with the DBX, uh, looking at YouTube videos, Google searching, going to forums for voiceover and talking to people and seeing what their settings were. And none of it worked. And I'm sure that's on me, not on, on the equipment or on anybody else's advice. And so that's why I needed a good tutorial and some simple solution. And that's what I got. Thank you, Cliff. Wow, Tommy, thank you so much. And I want to tell people that this was not a paid for endorsement or anything like that. He just sent that in as audio feedback. And as I start adding some uh, specialized pages for my products on my site, that's certainly going to be a tutorial that makes it to the site. Um, But I'm so excited about that. I'm excited that it worked for you, Tommy. And if anybody's interested, I do have a link to that tutorial in the show notes here for Podcast Answer Man episode uh, 233. And uh, it, it is a tutorial. And it, you know what? It's one of my earlier tutorials and it's not the be- it, it doesn't look as great as, you know, it doesn't have all the same graphics that I have for some of my tutorials today. But uh, that tutorial still sells extremely well and I get a lot of feedback that is very similar to what Tommy has shared here. And so... Very happy. I, I want to say the Behringer unit, it's very inexpensive. It's a Behringer MDX 4600 four-channel compressor limiter gate. And uh, it's not the best compressor limiter gate on the model uh, on the market out there. There's, I'm sure that DBX model is probably even a, a, a far superior compressor limiter gate. But here's what it comes down to. And this has been for my clients and it's been for me. Somebody gave me this MDX 4600 as a, as a gift one time. And uh, it sat around for a long time. I think it sat around for months. And I never did figure out, a, out how to use it. Somebody told me they were going to uh, help me figure out how to use it. And I never got a chance to connect with them. One day I had a lot of free time on my hand, which, man, I, re- I sort of miss those days. But I don't miss my pay, <laughs> how much I was making back then. Uh, but I, I happened to have a lot of free time on my hand one day. And, and I remember just going through and spending hours with the manual trying to make sense of what it was telling me every knob was for. And as I started to understand, and I did a little bit more Google searching behind it, and I found out what the knobs were, and I knew what I was listening for, I sat down with each knob and each button, and and I played around with it until I finally dialed it in and got the sounds that I was looking for. And once I did that, I, I, I started making use of all four channels, and wow, it changed the way iPodcast. It changed the way my sound sounds as far as, you know, background noise and all kinds of other stuff. I, 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 it does a great job of limiting. It does a great job of compressing and it does a great job of gating out, you know, background noise. And, and, and I, and I figured it out. It, it took a long time. And so I was, I had clients who asked me how I was doing it and people were paying me, you know, my hourly rate to teach them how to do it. And one day I said, you know what, I've had enough people ask me about this. I'm going to create a video and I'm going to make it for sale on the site. And that's what it is. So 
it may not be the best unit out there, but it's the only one I know how to configure. So, and, and therefore it's become quite popular among my clients. And so far, every single one of my clients has, has loved it. I'll tell you what, I still got about eight minutes to uh, share a couple other things real quick, quickly with you. One, I want to let you know that I'm uh, trying out the share bar plugin. You know, one of the things that I haven't had on my site uh, for the longest time are these buttons that allow you to just click a button and share it out to your social networks and been testing and playing around with the idea or the concept of, of bringing that into, you know, into my site and uh, share bar is a plugin that that looks very interesting. I like the fact that it you know it stays on the on the left hand side of your screen by default. Um, but if your your site if if you have it to where your border is not thick enough for it to look nicely there, it will move itself in line into your content right below your title. And I kind of love how it does that. The only thing is 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 that this it's this idea of social proof, you know. Um, when people come to my site, you know, and, and it shows you share bar immediately shows you the number of people who have tweeted the number of people who have liked something and stuff like that. And I know that my site and my content is extremely popular, but most of my content, this isn't like blog content where people are consistently coming to my site. Very few people who actually listen to this content actually come to the show notes of any site and click a tweet button or a like button or something like that. And um, so the numbers are always relatively small. And then if you go like to, for example, learnhowtopodcast.com, you know, you go there and because I just recently put it on there, you know, it's only got 91 tweets and 45, uh, you know, 91 people have tweeted the link and 45 people have quote unquote liked the page since I put it on three or four days ago. And, uh, or actually, no, it's been about a week ago. Anyway, well, yeah, because I did it at PodCamp Cincinnati. I did it while we were at PodCamp Cincinnati. So it's it's actually been just under a week. But still, you know, you come to my site, nine, only 91 people, only 45 people. Uh, you know, do I just, do I continue to leave that share bar information on there or, or and, and let it build and, and let people see those little, those small numbers? Or do I look for a different plugin that gives people the ability to share, but doesn't display, doesn't necessarily display the number. It can just say, you know, it can say tweet and then it gives you the option to tweet and then it says you have tweeted or it says like and then it says you have liked this after you've liked it. It doesn't necessarily have to show the social proof numbers, you know, because I, you know, I, I happen to believe that it, it kind of, you know, based upon the content that I have that, that, you know, obviously learn how to podcast has uh, reached so far, it has reached several thousand people. And if I would have had this on there, I, I probably would have maybe two or 3,000 tweets or, you know, two or 3,000 likes on Facebook. The other thing that I notice is that when I like something on my pages, I'm not happy with what it does to my profile. It throws it, it throws the post into my pof- profile and it gives you one of those Facebook previews and it randomly randomly just chooses any any image that that it wants to on my site and it just so happens that most of the time it pulls the thesis theme image off of my site you know and it, which is it's that that's just happens to be a little um low it just happens to be a little square image that that uh advertises my affiliate link for 
a thesis and that's way down at the bottom of my site and and I'm just not cool with it just randomly throwing that into people's uh, timelines, that image into the preview uh, for Facebook when the, when people like my page. So I'm not I'm not I'm I'm not quite sure if I'm going to stick around with ShareBar or not, but I just want to let you know I'm investigating it and and uh, we'll continue to let you know what I find out. So if you happen to have, by the way, a social media a social sharing plugin. Other than share this, I well the thing is somebody told me that share this has been updated and I need to take a look into that update. So I might do that. But anyway, just go to um, go to podcastanswerman.com, click on the show notes, the full show notes for episode two thirty three, and then go down to the com- comment section and please let me know what show what social media sharing plugin that you use and you enjoy. And if you don't mind, tell me what you like about it. All right. Um, let's see here. So that's that. And then of course, uh, do you want to attend blog world LA? I'll have a link for, um, uh, my affiliate link to blo- to register for blog world. If you are going to go to blog world and you have not registered yet, um, you can click through on my link in the show notes there. You can use promo code R A V E N Raven two zero, and that will give you a uh, 20% off. Now that doesn't give you my affiliate. Uh, but that doesn't matter to me one way or the other. If you want to to use my affiliate link, it is, by the way, podcastanswerman.com slash blog world will take you there. Uh, but anyway, uh, regardless whether you go through my affiliate link or not, if you use Raven20, R-A-V-E-N 20, you'll get 20% off of your um, cost of attending the conference. Um, I do want to let you know that my talk is uh, finally scheduled uh, and you can find it at podcastanswerman.com slash forget CPM talk. Uh, the title is actually going to be forget CPM proven Sat- strategies for generating serious income from your podcasting efforts. And the description says as a fo- full-time podcast producer and podcast consulting slash coach, Cliff Ravenscraft left his career in insurance af- of 11 years to pursue his passion of podcasting in uh, January of 2008. Uh, in this session, Cliff will share how he generated just over $177,000 of income in 2010, and you will hear the story behind why one listener sent him a contribution of $12,000 to support the content of Cliff's Generally Speaking Production Network. This session will also feature uh, stories of many of Cliff's consulting con- slash con- coaching clients who have achieved similar success from their podcasting efforts over the past several years, all of which were achieved with no, without the use of CPM advertising. So again, that's going to be my talk at Blog World, and I believe that is happening on Saturday at 3.30 p.m. Pacific time, and I'm going to, that's Saturday, November 5th, 3.30 p.m. Pacific time, room 406B. All right, so that is that. I'm going to go ahead and hit my music now. So uh, let's see here. We'll start that. And then, of course, the last thing that I want to share with you is that um, I am hosting a meetup in Los Angeles. If you go to podcastanswerman.com slash LA meetup, you can uh, join us. Even if you're not going to go to the Blog World Conference please consider coming to the meetup in Los Angeles if you're able to. 
Uh, again, it's podcastanswerman.com slash LA Meetup. It's happening on Friday, November 4th at 7 p.m. Pacific time. So far, we've got 10 people who say they're either... Att- actually, eight people who said that they are attending and two people who may be attending. And I think we'll probably have a couple more people who will show up. But uh, even if not, I can tell you right now, I'm looking at the the list of guests there and it's going to be amazing. Actually, I see also, just so you know, um, of interest to those of you here at Podcast Answer Man, Rob uh, Greenlee from uh, Zune Podcast Network is going to be at the meetup. So Rob from Zune Podcast Marketplace, uh, he will be there. Looking forward to it. Our good friend Wayne Henderson is going to be there. Uh, Anne from Switzerland is going to be there. Uh, Wayne Henderson, uh, I think I already said, Jamie Dinnerline, Adam Spiegelman, uh, Tony DiLorenzo, my good friend over there at Fit Marriage, uh, Gordon Firemark, uh, the Entertainment Law Podcaster, uh, Cheryl Cordenly, and um, hoping that Shannon Kay and Randy Crane will be able to make it as well. So, my friends, I hope to see you there if you're able to make it. If not, I will be back again next week with... Uh, more content likely from PodCamp, uh, or not PodCamp, but Blog World. Well, they actually are having PodCamp LA built into Blog World. I'm going to get more details on how all that's happening, but uh, exciting things are happening. And uh, look forward to uh, bringing you a lot of information. I'll probably be blogging. I'll probably create one specific blog post and just like update it as I go through the the journey here to blog world and to the west coast so um yeah just look for for probably i'll it'll be at podcastanswerman.com slash blog world la and uh, i'll just have a short url to that but i haven't created that blog post yet and uh just look for it to show up on podcastanswerman.com on the main page anyway that's gonna be it i am wow my throat is done talking today i um that, yeah, that's it. You guys have a great weekend. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, I encourage you to join the community. Join the community.